there, everybody. Welcome to It's Always Game Day in Kansas City. I am your host, Kayla Canaram. Joining me, as always, is my co-host, Cody Tapp, and our producer, Nick Schwartz. By the way, make sure you like, subscribe, rate, and review wherever you get your podcasts. Guys, we are celebrating. We had a big win in Vegas over the Raiders, 31-13. That had to feel good, closing out the regular season, yes? Well, that was one of their most complete games of the season, so that part felt good. And I think this entire podcast and everybody else on our show in Kansas City, all all of us were like, I'm not willing to say blowout. Like, I just wasn't willing to say that because as many games this year as I tried to say this game won't be close or shouldn't be, This one felt like it could be, even with Jared Stidham or whatever the hell was going to happen. I was worried. And instead, Kansas City thumped them. Not just thumped them, but got to 6-0 in the division. That part of it is maybe the sweetest part of even the in-game stuff. They had their best performance to cap off an undefeated AFC West season in a year in which we would have felt very good about 4-2 and going into the year. So... As far as, I mean, the running game worked, the passing game was easy, they got sacks, they got turnovers, the special teams didn't make mistakes. I don't know what I'm supposed to ask for. They took on a bad Raiders team and beat them handily. Yes, as Cody stated, the Chiefs had their most dominating win of the season on Saturday, beating Vegas 31-13. Guys, what impressed us the most about this Chiefs performance against the Raiders? Nick, I, I think it's, it's, I mean, there's plenty to choose from here. I mean, there is there are options. But I think the number one thing is the dominance from the defensive line up front. This was their most single-handedly, like, as a unit domination. The fact that Chris Jones and George Karloftis are just straight up good for a sack every game really does mean something over these last final weeks. And so when I watched them, the reason why, even though the Raiders moved the ball at times in this game, the reason why they couldn't do it all the time is because They were getting constant pressure. That's what forced those turnovers that I was talking about before. To me, it was the consistency there that was easily the most impressive part of the game, even though I was very impressed with Mahomes, who was, again, not that we make a big deal about it anymore, missing two of his top, what, six targets? Doesn't matter. None of that matters. I know they're not big names, but McCole Hardman was their number three going into the year. He was gone again. It didn't matter. Sky Moore is their number five or six going into the year. Not there. Doesn't matter. But the the defensive the, the domination up front was probably it. Yeah, I mean they kind of they imposed their will, and that was sort of a microcosm of the season, which is that the defensive line has been uh, quietly one of the strengths of this team. But I do think it was the offense based off how they got it. You look at the the final score; they score thirty one points. They finish the game with three hundred and fifty yards of offense. They average six point two yards per play. I want to talk about that because. The Chiefs finished the regular season leading the NFL in yards per play. I know a lot of people want to look at points per game, yards per game, but yards per play to me is the best stat to just tell me like how efficient is your offense? How easily do you move the ball play to play? So that to me, that's more indicative of, uh, of independence of how the game flow is going. Are you sitting on a lead and just trying to run the game late? 6.2 yards per play, which is right around their season average, which would have been the best in the NFL, and they did it by running the ball 28 times. They did it by giving Ronald Jones 10 touches. They did it by having their leading receiver be Justin Watson, who caught just one pass, and it was on the second play of the game. Travis Kelsey had 38 yards. Noah Gray was involved in the offense. Blake Bell got a touch. They did this all season long. I thought thought Sunday was a, in a nutshell, 
the best of what the Chiefs can do versus any opponent, which is we don't we like to force feed Travis Kelsey the ball. We don't need to force him the ball. Everybody's going to be a part of this offense, and we are still going to manufacture offense better than any team in the NFL. We may not have a Tyreek Hill, a Stephon Diggs, a Devontae Adams, but we got a bunch of dudes who all know their role, and it seems like this offense is really sort of getting grounded and comfortable as the postseason arrives. Do you what, what made you think they were comfortable, Nick? Was it when they did a merry-go-round before scoring a <laughs> touchdown and then having Dak called back on a penalty and just scoring it anyway? Because like that part of it is just like, not only that, it was like the, sorry to be crass, but this is like the let your nuts hang part, right? Like, ah, we're just going to do whatever we want. And there is absolutely nothing you can do about it. Remember that time you took a little victory lap around our stadium? Well, we're never going to let this group forget that you did that to us because they haven't won a game against Kansas City since they've lost every single game against Kansas City since that moment. And when they're full-blown doing what they call the snow globe, it's like, ah, it's Christmas. I was feeling good. I'm like, that play, watching an entire team do a huge motion circle before scoring a touchdown on you, that is disheartening in the strongest possible sense. I loved it. I love when they do that because, like, people are right. They're like, well, that's showboating or that's disrespectful. I'm like, you're right. Do something about it. Because if not, that's the way these sports work. People do stuff like that. The Raiders stepped on the logo last year. They took their victory lap. Those things are also disrespectful. The Chiefs shut them up. You have a choice. You can shut up the Chiefs or you can just let Kadarius Tony score literally on the next play. So that was your choice. So glad you brought up Snow Globe. That was I love it when there's something that happens that brings people together on Twitter, which has happened a lot this week. And that was one of them. I just reading through everyone's post about that made me so happy. Well, it only works because it works. It only works because even though it got called back, they scored on the play. If you do that play and then uh, McKinnon throws it over Mahomes head or Mahomes dirts the ball, trying to throw it back across field, then it would have, also united everyone, Kayla, and that everyone would have said the Chiefs are getting too cute. Why are they trying this stuff? Just run the damn ball. Just throw the damn ball. We know how this works. If you run a trick play and it doesn't work, we hate it. But if you run a trick play and it produces positive yards, or in that case produces a touchdown, then we call it innovative, right? We say, nobody does it quite like Andy Reid, but that's just it. If it works, I don't think it is disrespectful. It's only disrespectful if you don't, you're not comfortable running it. Like, uh, we wouldn't normally run this against any opponent, but yeah, let's go for it for its, versus the Raiders. I feel like the Chiefs were very comfortable in running that play, and I think that's sort of Andy Reid in general. I don't think well, they ran ever, Rose Bowl parade in a Super Bowl, so I don't yeah, think yeah. they're afraid of trickery in a big game. I don't think that Andy views it like that. Like, I think he views it if it works, it works. Just because it's not something you've seen before doesn't mean that. I'm willing to run it against you and I wouldn't run it against anyone else. I don't think his brain works like that. I think if he runs it against the Raiders, he would run it against the Bengals or the Bills. All right. Not only that, the Chiefs defense has been outstanding to close the regular season, but it was also the easiest part of their schedule. We had the Broncos twice, the Texans, Seahawks, Raiders. Guys, how much do you trust the defense in the postseason based on what we've seen the last few weeks? Um, Medium? I mean, I look, I'd like to be more firm and say, yes, they're good. The pass rush works. This is here. But I mean, I'm not going to just ignore the fact that part of what and how they got here is playing what ended up being a fairly easy part of their schedule from a quarterback perspective. Now we can say we can put Geno Smith on that list. Geno Smith 
is going to set the single season franchise record for passing yards. He's going to finish a season completing 70% of their passes. I mean, I think, I think all of those things is going to be like, oh, fine, we could toss him in or we could toss in Stidham, who threw for 360 against the league's best defense the week before. But it's still a weaker opponent. The thing I would say is the thing that Nick has said before, too, which I think is more than fair, which is you can't help the quarterbacks you play. When you play them, did you nominate them? And he dominate them. And the answer to, to the most part has been yes. So I still think most of the top end quarterbacks, Joe Burrow, Josh Allen, who might be available in the postseason, will put up some numbers on this defense. But I trust him a lot more than I did eight weeks ago, which is all that matters going into the postseason. Yeah, I mean, this is this is more common in basketball than it is football because basketball, you'll get blowouts where teams are separated by 30, 40 points in a way that you don't really in football. But it's like the old Gonzaga argument, right? Gonzaga's playing in the West Coast Conference every year. They win 34 games and everyone says, yeah, but who have they played? Well, a, a bunch of nobodies, right? <laughs> they played Pepperdine and Pacific, but they beat them by 50 every time they played them. So there is value to be gleaned off of margin of victory. If they're so bad, then go prove it, right? Go prove to me that they're so bad. And with the exception of the Texans game, you let the Broncos back in it. Division games, I know we kind of say that as a cliche, but division games uh, can be weird until they're not, like on Saturday. But I trust them to an extent. It's good to know that if they go up against a bad quarterback that they can dominate them. So that that's cool and all, but now the playoffs are here and unless Lamar Jackson and Tua don't play and the Chiefs end up facing one of those teams who very well could lose in the first round, you're going to be going up against top 10 quarterbacks the rest of the season, right? I mean, look at the quarterbacks yeah. in the AFC. We've talked about it. Josh oh. Allen and Joe Burrow go without saying. With the way that Trevor Lawrence has been playing lately, he's somebody, even despite the fact he didn't play great against Tennessee, that you feel like could be coming on here at the right time in his career. Same with Justin Herbert, right? He didn't even play great football to end the regular season. But if that defense is coming alive, that's someone I really wouldn't want to face in the postseason with that team kind of gelling at the right time. So it's great that they're doing it against these bad teams, but you're not playing any more bad teams. And I'll be very interested to see what it looks like going up against some of the elite offenses. No, but, but the thing that does give me a little bit of confidence is at all three levels, they do have players, like good players, right? So... On the defensive line, I wasn't joking earlier. Chris Jones and George Karloftis have a one. Both of them have a sack in six of the last seven games. Like in the same game, they have a sack because Chris Jones, all of his 15 and a half sacks, like 13 of them were in the back half of the season. They were all late. George Karloftis, the same thing of the six hacks he, he has all late. So it's like those two guys. Okay, so now the defensive line is good. Next to the linebacker spot. You have Nick Bolton, who just set a franchise record for tackles in a single season. I get he got an extra game, whatever. He had a ton of tackles. He can make things work. And then in the secondary, Legereus Need makes plays. And the way that they're using him makes him even a little bit more dangerous to do those things. And so, I, you know, I believe in them. It's just a matter of, like, how uh, how far you go beyond there. But I, I believe in them more now than I have at any point of the season. Yeah, I, I guess that's probably the perfect way to put it is I'm never going to view this team as one of the elite defenses in the NFL. Even if like you you put together a stretch of six games until you do it against a great quarterback, I'm not going to really buy it. But the flip side is how often do great quarterbacks get stymied? How often does a defense shut down Josh Allen or Joe Burrow or Patrick Mahomes, right? We see it all the time where you may hold them below what they typically do 
like holding the Chiefs to 21 points, you'd have to feel really good about knowing that they're liable to put up 28 to 34 every time out. So I guess that's really it. Like we need to we need to manage our expectations before you see them go against the Bengals or the Bills or the Chargers. It's not about can you hold them to 13 no. points like you did the Raiders. It's can you hold them to 21? Because if you do, that'll probably be enough for that Chiefs offense. Honestly, 27, I don't care. Against the Bills and the Bengals, if you're not planning on scoring 30, then you're not likely to win that game anyway. And the great the great news ever, and I know we're going to talk about the play, playoff format here in a minute, but the greatest news ever is at least you're not going to have to play both of those guys. So that's going to matter. You're right. You might still see Herbert or Lawrence in that first round. That is a likely scenario, although I have no idea what to expect in that 6-3 matchup if Lamar Jackson actually ever gets on an NFL field again. But the defense can do some stuff. They're not perfect. I don't think any of us are going to try to come on the show and be like, they're a perfectly executing offense. But at least they're doing the two. They're, they've gotten sacks all year. That's consistent. But over the last month, they're also getting turnovers, which I'll take and spent the entire year talking about how this team couldn't get a single one. 